Today on the Rugby Paper Podcast, we continue our rundown of how the major nations are shaping up ahead of the World Cup later this year. In this episode, joining myself and the full house of columnists to see whether the number one team in the world, Ireland, can make their first World Cup semi-final and go further is former lock and captain Willie Anderson. Hello, everyone. Today, we're continuing our rundown of how nations are shaping up into the World Cup. Um, Second nation today, having looked at Italy last week. Today, we're looking at the world's number one side, Ireland. Joining myself, Nick Kane, Brendan Gallagher and Chris Hewitt. We've got the full house of columnists today is former Irish lock and captain Willie Anderson. Willie, how are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you. I'm I'm, in good form. Um, Yes, Uh, things are going well. Retired and uh, doing a little bit of coaching with the school in the rainy school in Mackerfeld, so we'll do a bit of that. Um, we're walking three dogs and got three um, grandchildren, so it's pretty busy, you know. So. Yeah, so are you jo- joining us from home then? Yeah, at home. Yeah, I'm at home today. Fantastic. Yeah. The dogs are waiting for me patiently to take them for a run or a walk or something. Amazing. <laughs> so it's you're... Tiger in retirement now but it's all going on with your family i mean there's one uh, member of your family certainly who's been very public lately and that's your son tell us a little bit about what he did back in february this year yeah well i mean he's uh, uh jonathan is uh, very uh, like he's 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 kind of way certainly way, way more famous than i ever was ever you know he's worldwide and uh, fashion designer and uh, he uh he, he he got this idea of wearing an Irish shirt uh, for Father's Day, mm-hmm. and um, and he, he actually Canterbury gave him the new Irish jersey for uh, the World Cup to wear first time that it was worn. So, um, yeah, he, he wore that for Father's Day, so it was very special. He got a lot of uh, got a lot of hits on that. So, yeah, he's yep yep he's a he's a it, it used to be you know like whenever my kids were growing up you know they would say. Are you Willie Anderson's kids now? It's you know, uh, are you Willie? Are you are you Jonathan Anderson's dad? So it's it's actually gone full circle. So yeah, yeah. But he's uh, yeah, he's he's very he's he's done. He's away on holidays at the moment, so he needs a big break. So yeah, yeah, he's earned it. And he was well. You've obviously probably told this story quite a lot, but um, he his big breakthrough moment was at the Super Bowl earlier this year. Yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, he, uh, he, he two two fantastics certainly with uh, Rihanna, and and it, it was uh, it, it he went over. He was he flown over to Arizona to 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 fit her, and uh, he was had to keep it all completely, uh, you know, under undercover because uh, nobody knew that she was pregnant, and uh, he had to design something for her. But there was two or three other designers who'd been on as well, and he didn't know if he was going to be picked for that. Hence, when he watched it, he, he, he rang us in tears to say that she was wearing his outfit. So that was very special. And then Beyonce, she wore um, one of his outfits there uh, on a world tour. So, yeah, he's certainly got a lot of uh, lot of coverage at the moment. So, yeah, I, I, I'm just waiting for Beyonce or Rihanna to come to Northern Ireland and run around fields here, you know. <laughs> well, we, any, we, any VIP we, tickets for Super Bowl, Willie? <laughs> yes, well, I'm waiting for them. <laughs> I'm waiting for those. But, if, he, if, he, if he'd been around at the time, Willie, you could have you could have got him to design a dress for Wayne Shelford. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, that would that would be a hacker one. Yes. <laughs> 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 uh, that was uh, that was a, a infamous time when we when we walked up to the hack and and Wayne Shelford was asked afterwards, you know, you, were you scared? And he says, Yeah, I was very scared. He says, Why were you scared? I mean, it was just the Irish team. He says, Well, I thought Willie Anders was going to kiss me. He was got that close. Is <laughs> <laughs> is it my imagination, Willie? About uh, after that hacker incident, when we got to the kickoff. I have a dim recollection of the entire Irish pack making a further point to Wayne Shelford as he received the ball. Was that yes. <laughs> was that, that stands out in my mind that he, yes, he, yeah. he had a very warm welcome from you. Yeah, the the thing was, you know, unfortunately, you know, we won the dance, but we lost the match. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, but it it was probably one of the greatest ever, you know, moments, not just for me, but as a as a sort of feeling as a 
as a as a, a an atmosphere that I've ever had, and I, you know, I thought the crowd were going to come onto the pitch. It was just an amazing thing, <laughs> and it was totally down to Jimmy Davis and his idea. So it was fantastic. Oh, brilliant! Great memories. I think was there a quote from you, Willie, after after something along the lines of, "If if, if they throw the gauntlet down, we've got to be allowed to pick it up. You've got to be allowed to reply to the hacker." In yeah, see, Jimmy Davis and Jimmy Davis who. Uh, he was way before his time, like, and he was one of my fantastic idols and mentors. And he he said, "Well, look, you know, and that happens all the time. And if you if you go to an international now, if you go to international and watch even at the the, the All Blacks against Australia, even at the weekend, you know, they do the hacker, and what happens? The crowd immediately applaud them. You know, they applaud the hacker, so they're they're actually applauding the opposition." So Jimmy says, "Well, they're not going to apply to our, they're not going to apply in our stadium." So he says, "We'll all get together and we'll all we'll all and, and I emphasize all move together and face these guys down nose to nose." But unfortunately, the rest of them are going backwards as I was going forward. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it did strike me on Saturday, Willie, that um, I mean, I mean, it, it's a gent, it's a gentler age, isn't it, in this sense. Uh, in, I mean, the, the great show of defiance on Saturday from the Wallabies was was uh, the skipper wandering up and placing a boomerang yes. on the floor. And that's stupid in itself, isn't it? Because the boomerang then came round and hit the Wallabies straight between the eyes. <laughs> yeah, so, and the thing is, if we did that sort of uh, sort of uh, rendition now of our dance, you know, we would kill about three or four, you know, uh, press, you know, photographers and oh. cameramen on our way through. So <laughs> A stampede. <laughs> oh, also, I mean that 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 hacker they do currently as well. I mean, I mean they've denied this in the past, but if you looked at Surveyor in particular um, on Saturday, that final action of drawing the drawing the, the hand or the finger across the throat, there's no mistaking what that symbolises, is it? Definitely not. Yes. I mean, it's, well, it's not but... great to see you all, is it? It's. Uh, yeah, I know it's not you know like let's shake hands and you know keep, keep swap swap Christmas cards, but I mean they, they didn't have a chance to do that against us because they they were they were sort of fairly well sort of scared about what's going to happen next. But it was it was a, a tremendous it was a tremendous atmosphere I must say, and uh, uh, people still remind me of it as you have done today. But they make uh, Willie on a more serious point, you know, I mean. They obviously do feel that they get a great psychological advantage from it, or at least a boost from it. And, you know, now what World Rugby's decreed is that everybody else should basically be passive uh, and at a distance while they're doing it. Do you do you have any issues with that? I, I Look, it's, it's something that well, we, <clears throat> what we did was, you know, probably different. I know the Irish team, whenever... Andy Foley uh, passed away, and they did a number eight, and that was very significant. Um, I just think it's it's part and parcel of rugby, and it's always been part and parcel of rugby, you know. And I think it's a fantastic spectacle, you know, spectacle. Uh, and if they want to do that and get themselves psyched up, you know, it's up to the opposition to do their thing and get them them themselves psyched up, you know. And if you know, it's like listening to a national anthem, you know. You know, whenever, whenever I certainly went to play in, in 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 Cardiff Arms Park, which I thought was the best stadium I ever played in, the 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 national anthem psyched you up by listening to it. It was a fantastic thing. And if if the if the opposition are doing the hacker or whatever sort of the dance they want to do, that should certainly be something that should psych you up to say, well, you know, you're going to have to get yourself well sort of tuned into this game, or else you're going to get your head pulled right yeah. off. So. Mm -hmm. It, it, it was in your time that the hacker became something much more, um, much more um, vigorous or full of sort of hostile intent. I mean, it used to be just a, a bit of a ceremonial dance, didn't it? But it was Shelford who turned it into something a little more meaningful, I think. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I've watched, the, you know, I've sort of watched the history of some of the hackers and they were, you know, at the start, they were fairly sort of, you know, it was like a wee bit of a dance, you know, on the dance floor, you know, but now it's absolutely like so vigorous and, uh, and a, a, you know, and, and in fairness to the, the old blacks, they've, they've turned it into something of a spectacle. Yeah, the old one looked like the hokey cokey. They were out of yeah. rhythm. Yeah. 
It was a one leg in and the one leg out. Yeah. No bit of a gap. And, and some took it a lot. Some were more active than others in it. Weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> some of them were almost stood to. I remember Warren Gatland saying that when he made his first appearance for the for the All Blacks, um, the most nerve wracking thing was actually proving that he knew what to do during the hacker on the night before the match. That he yeah. that, that that was the thing he rehearsed all week to the to the extent that he couldn't really run around as much as he wanted to to because he'd been do, doing so much crouching and jumping up and down and waving his arms around it was um but it was quite an intimidating thing within the group that you had oh to yeah that right possible because I know that the practices they obviously have to practice and you know what to do and you yeah. know and we're coming into that sort of we'll have to certainly make sure that they know every sort of gesture. But um, no, uh, it, it'll be interesting. Now, certainly, the way uh, it's set up this year, the All Blacks look like a side that are really coming to town. You know, particularly they're getting themselves well wired up for the for the World Cup. Yeah, peaking peaking too soon, Willie. Yeah, and that's unfortunately what I hope that Ireland haven't done because I, you know, I I I've just got a little bit of a suspicion that you know the way things are uh, with Ireland. That uh, you know, well, with Johnny, without Johnny Sexton, they need Johnny Sexton for all the big games. There's no doubt about that because he's he's the main guy. Let's open the sort of Sexton. I don't know if you guys spoke about it on the podcast a few weeks ago when I wasn't here, actually. But let's open the door of the Sexton three-game ban, Willie. What do you make of that? And two, what do you make of Sexton then coming into the World Cup potentially having well six months of no rugby? Well, I mean, he probably he probably has enjoyed the rest because you know at his age he probably needs it because I think he's got the, the World Cup matches and that's that that'll be him. You know, I don't think he needs two more many more games because he certainly is is like he's thirty eight. You know, going on and uh, he's a he's you know, like a world world player. I, I'm glad in ways for world rugby that he's going to be at the World Cup. You know, I, I know he made a bit of a show of of the final. You know, uh, with Leinster and that, and I don't think it helped his cause much. But at the end of the day, I think World Rugby and the World Cup needs Johnny Sexton to be there uh, and to be, you know, fit to be there. Uh, Ireland certainly need him massively. I mean, he's just the talisman for them. Um, and the Irish team certainly, you know, won't fear anyone. However, it's going to be it's going to be a difficult difficult group. Now, South Africa are not just really humming on all sort of cylinders at the moment and I think they're still struggling to find a sort of a game plan but they're going to be they're just going to pick the biggest side they can do and try and bully anybody in front of them uh, Scotland dark horses in that group as well and, and Ireland have to be very careful for, for about 60 or 70 minutes against Scotland this year it was it was very close game so uh, you know it Ireland and then if they do get through first or second Instead of France or New Zealand, who I think the first game will be the last game, because I think France and New Zealand are the two best sides in the world at the moment. Is the worry about peaking too soon that you've just expressed more based on Ireland's track record, or do you think that Ireland maybe didn't finish the Six Nations in the way they wanted to finish? Obviously, I know Grand Slam Champions League speaks for itself, but some of their performances, do you think Leinster's end of the season? Do you think the Sexton sort of Ban and coming in cold <clears throat> already. Yeah, I think I think there's a there's a few uh, areas that you've just touched on there which are, are quite true. One, um, their 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 magic in Scotland, you know, wasn't what they maybe would like to have had, and 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 certainly I think the, the sending off and the in the English game was a big significant turnaround. However, I think Ireland probably would have won it, but it'd been much closer. Um, and England certainly, certainly, you know, had their number. I, I, uh, I think then looking at Leinster, who like supply thirteen, maybe like will they have about fifteen or sixteen players in the Irish squad? Um, I think sides are starting to, you know, you know, look at them and see. Well, we can we can actually pull this apart. We can pull this uh, this strategy apart, and Ireland. Probably needs to change if they can change uh, to play. I know it's a fast game now, and they want to play a fast speed game. 
but sides are getting used to this um and and it's and it and it can be quite predictable and that's the, that's the that's why I'm a little bit concerned about Irish's chances because it's become a little bit predictable um because it, it, the sides that play with the heads up and see where the space are are the sides that are going to do very well in this um competition like France even Argentina showed on Saturday they're not just um, you know also runs um, and the All Blacks are now taking that aspect as well because they're playing with the heads up. They have a little bit of structure, but they're playing a little bit more with the speed of the ball and where the space is. So um, Ireland, if they become predictable, it could be their undoing. Is it possible, Willie, that, that it seems to me that Ireland's strength in, in over the last couple of seasons, this brilliant run they've had, is, is based around... Um, a complete understanding of their own game. I mean, a, a really high-level understanding of what they're setting out to do and the proficiency with which they've done it. But you seem to be suggesting that there, there will come a point where that be, becomes begins to become the weakness rather than the strength. Yeah, I, there's no doubt about that. And <clears throat> it's kind of it's slightly reminiscent of the Joe Smith area because it becomes so predictable that science actually caught on to it. Uh, because he he wouldn't he wouldn't allow for offloading or whatever he just worked on the base of fast rock and you you know you could go away and make your tea and come back and still be doing fast rocks, but you know and and like it wouldn't have gone any further than ten meters, but it was very 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 successful and he was very successful in in what he did for Irish rugby. This this uh, new uh, regime which has been embedded through Leinster and Ireland because most of the players are for playing for both Ireland and Leinster. So it's been an easy uh, sort of transfer from Leinster to Ireland. And I think that that has embedded it. However, I think, you know, the La Rochelle's, the big sides where they dominate up front or where they dominate possession and they dom dominate a little bit of territory because... Ireland will work on the premise that certainly if if you if you're not disciplined and uh, and you give away penalties, they will score when they kick the ball into the into the twenty two. I mean they're they're professional at that. So you're disciplined and you know you're denying the opposition the ball. Certainly from Ireland's point of view, um, and if you don't do that, Ireland will win the match, and that's that's just the way it is. Uh, Willie, taking the, the glass half full for a minute, uh, the form side in Ireland at the end of the season was Munster. Munster's run towards that URC title and the wins in South Africa were brilliant. And they play a slightly different style of rugby to Leinster. Uh, they, they still look to get on the front foot. Obviously, they've got some really nice ball players, but a bit more pragmatic, a bit more opportunistic. And do Ireland need to em embrace a bit of that? And... Uh, in, and the sort of follow-up to that would be, I thought Jack Crowley was brilliant for them. I don't get the thinking that he's not the successor to Johnny Sexton. He he looks a thoroughbred to me. And should Ireland be putting a bit more trust in him if Sexton is either unfit or, or absent? Well, I, th I think it's very much depending on how their system has been played. You know, Jack Crowley wouldn't be as maybe uh, in vogue, certainly, as... Um, you know, the Leinster players would be. Um, so that's probably why they'll go for Burn. Um, so, uh, yes, I, I, I agree. However, Munster's, like, it, it's it's URC, great, but it's it's nowhere near, like, European Cup, and Munster did well. Um, however... When you play against the Larry Shells or Toulouse of this world, it's just a different ball game at club rugby. And then when you step up again, you know, to play the French or the New Zealanders, it's another step up, way, way step up. Yes, I think, you know, they certainly are going to have to take some aspects of the monster sort of howl up front because, you know, Ireland have to dominate up front and they really will have to dominate up front. And if a side sort of matches them or even slightly, you know, takes on their scrum or denies them line-out possession, then they won't have that sort of, you know, go forward. I thought one of the one of the areas where they were certainly uh, challenged uh, by La Rochelle uh, 
um, was their back row, you know, uh, Doris van der Fleer and Conan. They've 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 had fantastic seasons, but um, they seem to be found out there. And there were questions about the legality, as there always are. <laughs> Anything to do with the breakdown, there were questions about their legality and so on and so forth. Um, that that seemed to me to be one area of real strength where suddenly uh, there was a question mark. Yeah, and <clears throat> as I've said, you know, I, you know, just there a moment ago there, that I think that when you have a side who like Larachelle, who are like like the brutality up front. I mean, there's nothing more short of it, but their strength up front in terms of their scrum, their go forward, their big men going forward and getting across the game line. Every like every time Larachelle had the ball, they crossed the game line, and that was that was very significant for Ireland, which negated you know the Irish back row because they were or the, the Leinster back row because they were they were doing more tackling rather than going forward running with the ball or, or you're know, being in support of the ball. Mm. So, you know, you, you, you have, you know, the South Africans, you're going to, you play that game. They will play that sort of, sort of brutal game. The New Zealanders now have, you know, they've strengthened up their pack. The French have always had massive men up front and, 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 and they will certainly at home would be a different animal than, they, than when the Irish played them. There's no doubt. Um, the two sides that Ireland have beaten, you know, if they meet them in the in the quarterfinals, that will be something really different. It's going to be a different ball game, um, and like Ireland can't afford to lose Saxon, they can't afford to lose Tur- Furlong as well, because you know I think that he's 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 one of the best in the world. But Ireland, the Irish scrum has to be solid. Their lineup has to be you know really smart. Um, and again, if they have that, you know, the, and their go forward goes forward, mm. they they will they will do very well. Mm. Who would you but rather just, play? I know you have to play potentially if you get through the group stage. Of course, you have to play potentially both France and New Zealand. But who would you rather play in that quarterfinal? I think that. I think that. Uh, I think that. Um, uh, I think at home France are going to be so hard to beat. Uh, I think the New Zealanders, they probably after winning the series down under, they may have least fear. But France at home, I think, are going to be very, very hard to beat this year. I think they're, uh, they're, they're, they really are like their whole system is geared for this World Cup. Like it's their under twenties or their backup team, their you know their whole sort of mental and. And, and a lot of people probably don't realize that when when you when you're when you're playing for Ireland, for example, and you're playing in the Six Nations, it's a it's a it's a it's a play, it's a level playing field for them. Unlike France or England, um, and even Italy, um, because the players here in Ireland will be rested for Ireland. They, they, they won't play for the provinces. So the, everything is geared towards the Irish team. Whereas in, in France, you know, you could have an international and then you, you may have to turn out for La Rochelle or Toulouse the next week. Uh, whereas when, it, when, it, when they come into the World Cup, the whole thing is a level playing field. You know, the, the French will, will be together for... You know, for the 12, 14 weeks, you know, museum will be together for the 12, 14 weeks. So everything is going to be level and Ireland will be on the same level playing field. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you don't have the players resting to play an international, uh, you know, two or three matches beforehand. And that's that's significant as well. We, we, we were speaking to Stephen Ferris um, a few weeks ago, Willie, and, uh, uh, and, and the subject of Leinster's dominance of Irish rugby at the moment, both both on the field largely, I mean, irrespective of what Munster have just achieved. But I mean, it's, it's been a Leinster story in Ireland for some time now. And obviously, they're the complete engine of the national team. As you said, there's probably 13 Leinster players in a first-choice Irish team. Stephen sort of left us with the impression that he felt that that wasn't really healthy or sustainable 
in the medium to long term. You do you feel it's a healthy situation there vis-a-vis the other provinces? No, I don't think so as well because you know the Irish team. You know, on my day, you know, I put my hands, you know, on a scrum, put my hands behind Ulster man, put my arm around on Munster man. I put, you know, I had a, a Connaught man pushing up my backside and a Lancer man hanging on to the side of the scrum. And that, you know, made for a, a very unique Irish team where every province player brought something different to the party. Um, the the Lancer thing has been, has been, has been, certainly has been, um, Boiled down to the fact that they have five, six or seven incredibly untalented schools in the in their province, the Black Rocks and the Clongos and the and, and St Michael's etc. Uh, and and the money they pay, you know that 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 the money that is that is used to um, help those players is incredible. Like it's it's in the millions. At the school level, it's in the millions. Like you know, somebody told me it was like for six schools, there's about seven million spent every year on rugby coaching, travel, pitches, equipment, everything, uh, and and so they have a like a a funnel of unbelievably amount of talent. The biggest the biggest issue for Irish rugby is that, and and English rugby is exactly the same. The French have got it sort of half right now, and New Zealand are starting to turn the corner a little bit as well. Is it is the coaching? Is it is it is it, is the the elite level coaching? We 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 don't have the elite level coaches, and I don't mean you know we don't have academies. Yes, we have academies, but there used to be an Irish academy whereby the quality of players used to be brought in from the provinces to an Irish academy whereby they were regarded as the next generation of Irish players. Unfortunately, that has been sort of diluted down to the provinces where it's now you, the players are brought in to be the next generation of provincial players rather than international players. But in line with that, there was a, an alignment of unbelievably talented coaches like the Mark McCall's, like the Michael Bradley's, like the Jeremy Davison's, like players, you know, who have gone away from Irish rugby. So we don't have the talent. And England don't have this structure as well. And I know that's a fact. So 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 that th- this whole system is is been very much held up by Leinster schools. Um because you know, certainly up in the north here, we wouldn't have that. We wouldn't have the resources to put into uh, the schools that Leinster have. Uh, also, the the dynamic here is is much more to, regarded towards education rather than sport. So, you know, like we have f- fantastic grammar schools, um, but again, it's 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 been null. It's it's been sort of. Nullified slightly because of the the lack of really top quality coaches being prepared to come through and take the elite players to another level. So I agree with Stephen because I do, I don't think it's a healthy thing, but it's it's a more sort of a an Irish fundamental factor that's in the next few years will be significant because I I I I just hope that the Irish team can sustain this. However, I'm not so sure after this batch of players that are very, very talented that we will not be maybe coming backwards because of the of the coaching structure. So it's that's but for this one, this is this is the greatest opportunity the Irish team have. But uh it 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 it, it, it depends very much on the availability of their top quality players. And what's the psychology? The Irish players um, will will know that this is their opportunity. I mean, everything has been packaged around this. Um, So they'll be acutely aware that it's a massive opportunity for them, maybe the opportunity in capital letters. Psychologically, is that good or is that good or bad? Does that does that cramp your style? Does it does it boost your self-belief? I mean, you played at the top level, Willie. What would that what would that have done for you? 
Uh, I think the pressure is going to be rightly on them. You know, they're number one in the world. Um, they, they, you know, they they should be coming out top of their group. Uh, that's pressure. You know, they know that Scotland are not far behind them. They know that they have, uh, a, you know, there are certain individuals in the team that they really rely on, i.e., Johnny Sexton for long. Um, they're you know the back row. You I mean they can't afford to lose any players out of that. Um, and, you know, are they going to rely totally and, and, and wholly on the system that's got them there? Are they going to tweak it enough so that it's actually something different? No, I, I don't think that will happen because it's it's got them here. So they'll, they'll maybe put their eggs in the basket and say, well, if it got us here, it'll take us through. But I think the pressure's on Irish rugby. I, I think pressure's on Ireland to, because they're number one side in the world. And I think that pressure will will certainly, you know, as as it told against Leinster at the end, because that was, it was like, I mean, in, in ways Leinster were set up the whole way. They had home, home matches the whole way. So, and they didn't, they didn't make it. It, it was fascinating, uh, Willie. A couple of weeks ago, Malcolm O'Kelly was talking about 2007 when they had a hell of a good side. And between the Six Nations and the World Cup, they went away and got super fit, all lost the stone of weight, wanted to play this all singing, like very 20, uh, 23 sort of game of rugby, yeah. uh, offloading, and uh, they neglected the basics. They, they tweaked their game so much, they lost all the basics, which made them into a very good side between, you know, 2004 and 2007. And they, they just turned up in France a completely different outfit. Yeah, that's why I don't think that will actually change anything at, really at all. I, I, I don't know if the yeah, I don't know if the the the, the coaching structure want to ha- to change much because they have seen that you know they'll have maybe a few different starter players and a few cheeky starter players like you know what they did against uh, you know whenever the hooker scored that last against England they'll have a something or a few things they like got there. However, their game plan will not be much different. They will be they'll be playing a fast style of rugby and they'll be kicking a lot of the ball. You know, the Irish team kicks a lot of the ball as well to, to get themselves in position. And if they if they if there's indiscipline on the opposition, they will kick it to the five meter line out and they will score. And they know they can do that. It seems to me that Andy Farrell's makeup is a coach, and, and we, we have to remember, I mean he's done remarkably well. This is the first season he's ever run. I mean, he's always been an assistant coach. This is the first time he's been top dog. But it struck when he was with England. It struck me that his DNA, his rugby DNA was to double down on things that were work, that were working. That he 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 wasn't what Willie John McBride would have said a believer in fairy tale rugby. That's for sure. He's he's a doubler down on stuff that's going well. Yeah, and 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 he is very lucky to have inherited a group of players who are. You know who have the DNA from Leinster to play the type of rugby that he has, and he's very, very lucky to have a guy who's, and I'll put it in very commas, like his assistant coach, whatever Johnny Saxon, to say yeah. this is the way we're going to play, and these are the players who are going to play it this way. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> does, does Johnny Sexton draw two salaries in? <laughs> well, he's got enough money to suggest. <laughs> <laughs> he had two salaries. Has he, has he earned more out of the game than you did, Willie? Yeah. <laughs> we were lucky to get a pair of socks nowadays. <laughs> a second pair of socks if you lost your first ones. But uh, uh, no, uh, and I'm that, and that's not being. I'm just being realistic, and and and, uh, and I hope I'm, I hope I'm, I hope I'm wrong in the sense that I hope the Aries can really dig it out. But I've just, I've just seen evidence, you know, in terms of how the All Blacks are now right up their game and they're playing a little bit more front foot rugby they're playing heads up rugby they're attacking the space they have a system however it's a little bit tweaked differently than when Ireland played them the last time France will certainly will have as I said a level playing field and they will become absolutely well oiled and they have some of the best players in the world at the moment and particularly Dupont look at him he's just phenomenal in, in what he does and how he leads his team and and how he carries his team. Um and he's got tremendous assistance. You know, he's number eight's a fantastic player and 
And, you know, there's, there's tremendous, fantastic skill. And they, you know, and if they play with the, with the way they can play, they will be very hard to beat. And that's why I, I, I just, you know, and, the, and the, probably Irish rugby, you know, we don't, have, we don't have a lot of creativity. So they have to play a very fast, uh, you know, disciplined game to, to create these things because, you know, ring rules, yes, but he's not going to get the ball in a lot of space. You know, it's, it's going to be a high-tempo game. And I don't think it's going to change. Willie, you'd, you'd say that every team, you know, certainly a team that wants to be a world champion probably has to have a plan B and maybe even a plan C. And I think you're right in highlighting maybe that Ireland don't have that. But the game that they do have, uh, the thing that str- sort of struck me and has struck me about them is that there is no team in the world, I don't think at the moment, even perhaps the All Blacks on what we've seen during this rugby championship, that plays with the precision that Ireland plays with. You know, they are an incredibly, you know, they're like the All Blacks used to be in the sense that if you make a mistake against them, the chances are that you're going to be punished. There are going to be points on the board almost every time. And there's no doubt about they have some some fantastic players. I, I am, as, as, as I've said to you, and you rightly I alluded to it there. If you don't have a, a, you know, if for example they don't go go forward and their defence is, you know, has been has been so strong that they have to go back to another game plan. I know that it will be a kicking game plan. You know, is that sufficiently good enough for Irish rugby to 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 really win with that second game plan? Um, it it wasn't whenever Leinster played La Rochelle. Um, and it wasn't last year whenever Leinster played, uh, you know, even even the Bulls. So there is a few cracks there. So there's no doubt about it. when the Irish team are on their on their form and sides are not are not defending really flat off the the mark and coming up and rush tackling going through and hitting that second guy behind and. Because it is quite pattern game. It is a quite a pattern game. You know, it's yeah. it's drilled in that well. It looks oh, this is off the cuff, but it's absolutely drilled in as a pattern. And if so, if people break that pattern, then it it goes to it goes to pot, and that that has happened. The English actually did that. The French to a point, uh, and Scotland, you know, uh, did that. So. If they can, if they can actually tweak that so it's even more proficient, then they will be very hard to beat. It's, but, it's interesting, isn't it? In in that Ireland starting lineup at the moment, two of the guys, and 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 I I, I take your point that there probably aren't that many um, of these people because the collective plan of the Irish side is carried out with such precision as Nick says. But two of the blokes who do seem to think outside of the box and do different things are the two non-Leinster guys. you got the, the, the Hansen guy on the wing and you got Ty Byrne who are, who are sort of, um, they're, they're, they're not sort of identical players, are they? They're, they're, not out of the, they're not out of the box. They do different things in their own ways. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's why uh, I think that's why they, they are quite unique. Uh, and that's, when you said, you know, as Stephen Ferris said originally, it's not a healthy thing because you still want to have that, um, you know, uh, intermac, uh, you know, uh, in, you know, sort of op- opportunity. You want players to be able to see an opportunity and take it because, I, unfortunately, if you if you compare the French sides or the French sort of way or uh, to to the Irish way. The French, they're running to the ball to actually support rather than Ireland are running away from the ball to get into a system. So that can be, it can be very effective if it is very proficient, but you may, you may actually not see where the space is because you're running away from the space whenever the opportunities actually has arisen for you. That, that's absolutely fascinating because that explains. Then that's a, that's a you know you've you've done your, your very high level coaching. I mean that's a really good coaching and intuition because that explains why France can flood the narrow channels in the way they do. 
Yeah, well, the France work on, on two or three things. They, they play on the collective, which is totally different from other nations. Um, Italy do a bit of the collective. Argentina do a bit of the collective. Uh, but what they rely on is where the space is. But most importantly, they rely on their um, anticipation of the speed of the ball. Because the speed of the ball will dictate where the space is in and around the breakdown. But if you're running away to set up a pod and a guy behind that pod so they can pull it back or they can dodge it on, that is actually not actually taking the offensive. Now, that the, the first one is a, is, is, a, is a philosophy that has to start from grassroots and it's, it's been brought through. And if you... If you analyze the final of the under-20s in fine detail, you will see that the Irish team were actually programmed and the French team were playing to where the space was at the speed of the ball. So it's it's incredible. And that's, that's I think, you know, the way rugby is changing. Now, a lot of sides haven't got onto it because it's easier to coach um, a system we're on to coach guys to look up and say, there's the space. <laughs> now, how are you going to get the ball to that space? That is real coaching. The other one is, the other one is called organization. So it's 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 actually quite enlightening to watch these sides, you know, preparing for the World Cup. And I know France will really have the gear down. And and if if they don't get bogged into kicking the game, kicking the ball. Which is going to be a big factor in this World Cup, which is you know it is part of the game. Um, I I think, and if they take the front foot, they will they will be very hard to beat. Wow, you've just it's, it's, you're beginning to sound like my old mate Brian Ashton, Willie. That was <laughs> that was exactly the kind of stuff he preached. Exactly. Yeah, well, he, I mean, he was I mean he was so far ahead of his time as well. And 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 again, he you know if you're going to change behavior or change the philosophy. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes it takes years, uh, and 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 that's you know. If it, it, but as I said, it is so easy to say, right, you three, you run there. You next three run there, and we're going to have a guy behind you. And then if there's a wee bit of space, we'll pull it back. If there's no space, you tip, tip it on, and and make sure you're running into those pods. Now, don't think about it. Just hit that rock, and and that is unfortunately easy to coach. Or like Brian Ashton or Jimmy Davison or. Or you know, like the French, you know, the, the coach who coaches uh, Toulouse, who you know play this all the time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the, it it's it comes through their whole system, and the mm -hmm. French under twenties exactly what they were doing. And they, they, were, sure. they I, I thought they were absolutely. And wasn't yeah. just because of their size or brutality, their yeah. their inventiveness, their skill level, their offloading. And nobody worried. Nobody actually was, you know, you know, saying, "Oh, don't do it." They they did it the whole way through the thing. So they actually were prepared to make mistakes, which is fantastic to win matches. It's weird, isn't it, though, the way in which France, French rugby sort of veers from one one extreme to the other because they have this as part of their sort of their culture, if you like. But it's one of those styles of play. Again, where if everybody isn't on the same page, it doesn't work. No, but that is why. And, and there have been many times when they've not been on the same page, and it hasn't worked. Yeah, and and and, and normally that has been when the they're playing in the Six Nations because they're playing one match for France and the next match for Toulouse or whatever the week after. Hence, that's why I think this six twelve weeks. That France have a level playing field will actually be very significant, and I I can't see them not playing on the same page. It is sometimes it kind of it makes makes me kind of wryly smile whenever I hear people saying, "Oh, they just play you know French rugby. It's just French flair." It it, it isn't that. This is years of thinking and coaching the Villepreux structure. And it's it's phenomenal when I hear this. Oh, they just throw the ball around. No, they don't. They actually know where the space is, and they do a lot of kicking as well. But they're mm -hmm. kicking for purpose. So it, it, you know, it's, it, that's why I'm looking forward to this World Cup 
more than any other World Cup because it's going to be so, with Ireland, with their system and a very successful system, how will they, can they be unpicked? Can they, can they zone it down to be really up there? That's going to be fantastic. And, 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 and I hope they do well. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I want them to do well and I wish them well. But I hope they don't get bogged down into this is, this is, this is one of the Six Nations, just kind of one of the World Cup, because it, is, it has been proven that Larry Shell said, well, no, that system isn't actually good enough to win a European Cup. So it's, it's going to be very intriguing. It is. I agree with you. But, I mean, the one thing I think you probably would concede as well, Willie, is that both of those finals, fantastic finals between Leinster and La Rochelle, they were very close-run things. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, there's, no, there's no doubt about it. And uh, and and certainly, you know, La Rochelle took their opportunities at the very end, and that's why probably Saxon lost the marbles. But, you know, again, it showed the vulnerability of, you know, you have to remember that La Rochelle didn't have 13 internationals, (laughs) you know, who are playing for Ireland. So, you know, it was was, was a group of guys from all over the world who were playing. So, um, look, I, 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 like every Irish man, I want Ireland to do well. And I think, and I think they can do very well. And I think if they have a, Certainly, and as you say, a, a plan B or C, you know, uh, nail down. They can do very well. I just hope that don't be don't become predictable, and um, and 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 that sides can pick them. Now they're going to have easy games against the the, the also runs, but the, the the South African match will be significant because South Africa, who have been humbled by Ireland, will have a point to prove. And Scotland, who are certainly improving every time, will will have a point to prove as well. So, I think Ireland are capable of coming out on top of that. It's it's the next round that's going to be significant. You know, the French or the New Zealanders on both sides at the moment they look like they look like the sides who are going to be on top of the form. France were being home, and New Zealand saying, "Hold on, you know, we were beaten by Ireland last year. Ain't going to happen again." Willie, do you see there being um, any dark horses in this? Do you see see there as being any side that might come out of like a bolt from the blue? Well, I mean, like England have England have a like and this it's, a, it's like literally a walk in. I mean, like you know, it's what a what a what a side to the to the World Cup they have. I mean, Argentina, Australia, you know, I mean, Italy is like or not Italy, but you certainly, you know they're wild. You're on the easy side of the the the, the thing. England could go the whole way. So mm. and Argentina, certainly the way they are playing again, they're playing because they know they can't really match the sides up up front. But their skill level has been phenomenal, and they're again their way they're playing and seeing enough and 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 uh, exploiting space is outstanding. So they could be a dark horse, maybe get to the final, but doubt it. Doubt it. England, I think, again, can can can, you know, like the resources they have, they should be there. What what do you make of um, of Australia and Wales, Willie? Well, I I, I think uh, I I don't think Eddie Jones will not get a side prepared for the World Cup. Um, I think they've got the talent there. I, I'm not so sure they're you know, maybe just right on the page yet. They're trying a lot of players at you know at ten and you know and different combinations. I think they'll still be a bit of a threat. I just think Wales is going to be so difficult for them the whole way. You know, I I I just don't think they're yeah. Uh, there's a you know it it doesn't sound like a good spot to be. It, you know, uh, but they, they they might do okay, but. Uh, and again, a level playing field, they, they might gel together, but it, I think it's going to be difficult for them. You, you get the feeling with the Wallabies, Willie, don't you? That they're—I mean, these are big things, but they're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, uh, they're only a really confident front row and a playmaker at ten away from being a really dangerous team. But actually, those are two quite quite big things uh, to to rustle up. 
this close to yeah. a World Cup. Yeah, and, and like they they always sort of kind of peaked to it as well. I know they've really had a, a shocker, you know, in terms of this championship. Um, but but I, I wouldn't write them off. You know, I still think they've got quality enough players, and certainly if they can if they can get a game plan or they can get agree on a game plan, you know, then I think they, they can be fairly, fairly formidable as well. I think South Africa are just going to use what they've been used to. I mean, they're just going to, I mean, they've they picked the biggest side in the world there, you know, to play against Argentina, and they still nearly came unstuck. Um, so, you know, they're going through a little bit of a sort of change, you know, and how they want to play, but they're going to probably stick with, let's beat them up up front, let's scrummage them off the park, and let's kick the ball into the corners um, and use their strength. So, um, I think it's, you know, I I think this Ireland, New Zealand, France, England. I think England still will be hard to beat. Um, but that's my, you know, my view. Um, I think it's uh, it's going to be really an interesting World Cup. And as you say, there's going to be a few shocks. You know, you never know. There could be a Japan in there somewhere. You know, beating someone or an Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> If there's a shock, it'll be that someone will be England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like Ireland, England have, you know, you know, they, they, they played superbly well against Ireland and, and, and you know, without saying it, I mean, they were, I, they were said I feared most of the championship because I knew that nothing to lose and, 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 um, and if they can get the right combinations as well, I mean, it, they they can do very well in this in this in this tournament. Well, that that is the but that is the issue with them is that those combinations aren't anywhere near being uh, being found, and uh, and also they've got. You talk about um, you know Furlong's importance uh, for for Ireland, although I think Bielema is a is a pretty good tight head as well, but. Um, you know, England England scrum, you know, was embarrassed in the autumn in a way that you don't often see. Yeah. Um, so I think that they've got they've got some serious issues to to overcome. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. Um, and you know, the scrum is going to be again significant. You know, it, it is significant. Yeah. Besides, you can scrummage um, and scrummage well. You know, give again a platform. Because, you know, as it was seen in the last World Cup, you know, South Africa just demolished sides up front. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit more expansive this time. I don't think, you know, I, I think sides like Argentina have shown that if a side wants to, you know, uh, bombard them up front or brutalise them up front or, you know, bully them up front, they can actually cope with it, you know, uh, to get the ball away, keep the ball alive. Fast rocks, you take the space, and 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 South Africa looked actually a bit leg weary at the end of that game as well, which was quite significant, you know. Mm. As as mind you did the Australians because I just thought that New Zealand were so so on top of their game away from home, which is which is even more significant. Willie, we're, we're a little bit pushed for time, so I've just got one more thing I want to cover on the Ireland front, and that's quite simply you stick your neck out and say, where are Ireland getting to? In your Use your crystal ball. My heart says they can get to the semi-finals, but my head says quarter-finals. Okay, okay, very interesting. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, Malo Kelly said you're winning it, so... Obviously, a slightly different approach from a fellow second rower. Um, well, I, 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 I'd be a bit more pragmatic. Uh, I just see, I just see, um, I just see this, this couple of sides here going to be so significant in getting to the semi-final, and that's France and New Zealand. What will the backlash be if again Ireland failed to make a World Cup semi-final? Uh well, the expectation is just uh, you know it, it, fairly up there, but there's a lot of people in rugby who are rugby people in Ireland who would be saying, um, you know, with you know the way they played at the end of the championship, with Lancer not winning the the, the the European Cup, I would be saying, you know, 
have we peaked? You know, have we peaked for in the in the, in the Six Nations? Can we maintain this? Can we sustain this? Uh, and they'll be fairly realistic, you know. Uh, whereas the normal punter and fan thinks, you know, like you're talking to them, all oh, Ireland's great chance of winning the World Cup. Yes, they have. If they get if they get through the, the quarterfinals, uh, they can go the whole way. If they don't, well, they won't. Yeah, no, very, very interesting. Um, I did tell you about the quick fire 15 questions that we yep. do. Uh, let's finish the episode by doing that very, very quickly, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Cool. Let's get going. Nickname? Big Tom. Big Tom. Big Tom. No, Tom. T-A-M. Oh, Tom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, my uh, best rugby memory was first cap against Australia at Lansdowne Road. At, you know, fortunately, and kept going at the age of 29. Yeah. Most important rugby, rugby memory was taking probably a flag in Argentina, you know, spending time in jail. Um, Did you ever get it back? <laughs> it was put. It was in the living room. There was there was holy water put on it the next morning and put back up again. By the way, Sponsor <laughs> <laughs> um, held by. Um, Sponsor held by Paddy O'Reilly is uh, my favourite tune. Uh, anything past a dish after um, afterwards. Best player I played against Serge Blanco. Best player I played with Keith Crossan. Best uh, player at the moment, Antoine Dupont. Uh, rugby idol, Jimmy Davison. Favourite stadium, Cardiff Arms Park. Uh, uh, Favourite gym exercise, bench press. That's Keith Crossan coming in with the check, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Occupation if I didn't uh, if I didn't play a rugby teacher. Suspicions, magpies. Uh, what what law would it change? I would have nobody putting their hands into a ruck or stealing the ball. I would have back two feet rucking. Oh, Willie. Willie, now you're talking our language. Because we are honestly, the heads are down. There's so many injuries, and I can tell you one thing: if you're on the ground and your the feet are coming in, you're rolling away from the ball. Um, and what's the best thing about rugby? Well, even, like even today, meeting people like yourselves, and 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 rugby gave me a passport to the world. You know, as a farmer's son. I hadn't any money, and I, and I was lucky in those days where even I, even I had to spend time in jail in Argentina, I saw the world, and <laughs> rugby, rugby, and our friends all around the world. And uh, that's, to me, the biggest part of rugby football. It's all part of life's rich tapestry. The, yeah. tapestry, the uh, tapestry being the flag, of course. Yeah, but um, unfortunately, my tapestry is a few stitches were dropped now. So. <laughs> 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 Willie, that was that was fantastic. That was the easiest round of rugby fifteen we've ever had to do because I didn't even have to ask you the questions. So that was <laughs> quick, quick and quick fire. Well, man, appreciate uh, appreciate being on, Ali. Thanks very much for asking me on board. Um, I, I, I'm not being sort of uh, half glass empty. I I just have a realism about where Irish rugby go in this World Cup, and I just see sides. Who are playing on a different level, um, and hopefully we can get there. But if we get through the quarterfinals, I think we can do well. But that's the quarterfinals going to be the stumble block. Yeah. Um, well, we've had some, like I say, some very different predictions from a few of our Irish guests. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see where where you guys end up. But no, Willie, wishing you and your family all the best, and yeah, enjoy the World Cup, and maybe we'll catch up soon afterwards. Yeah, and, and I hope to meet you guys in, in, in the flesh some of these days. All right, man. Oh, we, we don't we don't need to be a disappointment to you, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Never meet your heroes, Willie. Never meet your heroes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thank you very for that one. <laughs> Take All care, right, Willie. Thank Bye. you. Enjoy your toe walking. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Rugby Paper Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you use and recommend the show to your friends. The Rugby Paper is available to buy every Sunday. And to make sure you don't miss it, subscribe through our print, digital and online options at therugbypaper.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. That's therugbypaper.co.uk forward slash subscriptions to get all our content for as little as 14p per day.